So I get the pleasure of um, sharing with you this afternoon and um, just carrying on with the Sermon on the Mount series. I don't know about you, but hasn't it been an excellent series? Do we not agree? It's been some great messages. Uh, I feel a little bit under pressure following Emma the last two weeks. She's done an excellent job. Um, but I'm going to dive in um, thinking about, um, well, it's in my Bible, it's called Effective Prayer. Um, but we've kind of, I guess, chunked up the Sermon on the Mount and we're thinking about who are we choosing. Uh, and I would say today's message is all about choosing Daddy God, um, which is a bit awkward because it's Mother's Day, so it doesn't really fit. But anyway, that's what I think um, Jesus is going after and hopefully um, we can go after this afternoon. Um, so Matthew 7, uh, we're in uh, verses 7 to 12. Um, so I'm just going to read that. Uh, find it in your Bibles. Um, Flick. Has anybody actually ever got a paper Bible anymore? Yes, look at that, paper Bibles, or on your phones, or on the screen. Um, so Matthew 7 says this, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if you, they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So I'm sure that's a familiar passage to many of us, particularly that last verse. Um, and I hope that familiarity doesn't breed contempt. That's probably my point this afternoon. I want you to engage with it, maybe afresh. And certainly as I was preparing this, um, certain things jumped out at me um, that maybe I hadn't really noticed before. But in this passage, Jesus is telling us, very, it's very simple. You know, he's saying to us that we need to choose to be asking our Father seeking our father, knocking on our father's door. And then he tells us why we should do this. And then finally, we're to treat others in a way that reflects our choosing of a perfect father in that what's often called the golden rule. Now, um, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive um, prayer teaching this afternoon, um, partly because of time, partly because I don't think that's what actually Jesus is doing in this passage either um, you know Jesus teaches on prayer in many different ways um, in this particular passage he's focusing on I believe on perseverance not giving up and the reason why you should persevere and not give up which is our perfect heavenly father um, and remember the focus of Jesus's ministry is to show us what it looks like to walk in perfect relationship with our heavenly father so we see earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, um, um, Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer. Um, elsewhere, he tells us when dealing with demons, we need to pray and fast. Um, at other times, he talks about contending for the kingdom and taking it by force in prayer. And then other times, he says we should receive it like a gift. So clearly, Jesus is, is teaching us lots of different things about prayer throughout his ministry. And this is just another aspect of it. And I think the focus, certainly for, for me reading through this and preparing for today, 
is prayer is all about building intimacy with our Heavenly Father. And um, in the message translation of Matthew 6, something we looked at um, a little while back, I, I just I picked out this translation because I love it. I love the way the message puts things, um, the sort of paraphrase that he um, uses. It says this, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. So I'd say that as a context for what we're looking at today. That um, I'm not going to teach you, or Jesus isn't teaching you, a formula or a tick box exercise, or a, if you do this, this will happen. Now, there are some principles, and there are some things, you know, spiritually that we're, Jesus is encouraging us to do that we're going to explore, but it isn't a formula. And it isn't a technique or a religious practice. It's relationship. So firstly, asking. So Jesus' uh, first challenge to us is to keep on asking. Not a one-time deal, um, but equally, we're not to babble on and just keep repeating the same things, because Jesus already told us that earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, not to do that. So verse 7 says, keep on asking. Why do we need to keep on asking? Because you will receive. And verse 8 says, everyone receives. And everyone means everyone. Do that again, shall I? It's pantomime time. It's not quite, is it? Everyone means everyone. And I don't know about you, but um, I was a kid once. Were you a kid once? Yeah, and some of us in the room are parents and grandparents. So you all know about the pester power, right? Does everybody know about pester power? So this is Jesus' biblical and um, theological standing on pestering your parent to get what you want. Um, that's not quite, but um, when I was preparing this, I just could not stop thinking about my kids and the way they ask me for stuff and they keep on asking me for stuff until I finally break and give them that stuff. Um, you know, obviously not dangerous stuff, you know, usually some form of sweet product that I'm like, no, you're not having that. And eventually they get it out of me. Um, so the pester power, and I think Jesus is kind of saying to us, we need to keep on asking just like your kids would. So I do have... Uh, a video that demonstrates this. So apologies to the tech team for making this really difficult. Um, uh, but it's just for people in the room. That's right, isn't it? Because uh, the big Hollywood lawyers will come after us if we uh, if we show it online. Um, but I thought that this clip of Despicable Me made this point really well. So um, hopefully we can share that. So please, the pleading eyes, um, the power of pestering. Um, many, I would imagine many of us can rec you know, really relate to that little scene in that um, story. And those of you who haven't got kids, you probably have done this to your parents many times. So Jesus is saying, keep on asking because you will receive. Um, in Luke 18, Jesus also teaches us a bit more about this, the parable of the persistent widow. Um, and from verse 18, it's, uh, sorry, from verse 1, it says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. 
He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a challenge, isn't it? Um, The pester power in that story um, is the widow and the judge. And even though the judge isn't just, he, he... sees the need to give justice Um, and in the story justice is given so that um, continually asking brings about justice don't we want justice on our earth right now Um, we want real justice we've got to keep asking do we have faith for it do we keep asking and then there's the whole well what do we ask for and should we ask and what do we do I've got to keep asking, but I'm not supposed to babble on, and it's not a formula. Well, Jesus says we can ask for anything, anything in his name, and he will do it. And I've got a whole bunch of scriptures. I'm not going to go into all of them today, um, where he tells us that. So Matthew 21, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Mark 11, um, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. John 14, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's incredible. It goes on. The list goes on. It's cha- I find that really challenging. Um, I've asked for things and they've not come to pass yet. Have I given up asking for those things? Probably. And then I've asked for other things that I'm not sure I should have asked for them. And is it the right thing to ask for? But Jesus said, ask for anything. So do I ask with the right heart heart attitude? Am I scared to offend or to be selfish? Am I asking for selfish stuff? Or do I ask for radical things and keep on asking? And then, you know, there's the whole, well, is it blab it and grab it, Neil? I'm like, well, no. But then God, Jesus said, ask for anything. I was like, oh, okay. And is God a vending machine? Do we just keep asking him like a vending? Oh, I'll just put my, put my prayer coin in and I'll get something back out. Well, no, it's not that either. But Jesus says, ask for anything. So he's, Jesus is saying, if we ask for anything in his name, our good, heavenly, perfect father will give it. But what is clear is we must ask, first and foremost. We've got to keep on asking, and we don't give up. Perseverance is the key. We don't try once and give up. In my own personal story, uh, my sister is 12 years older than me, and she became a Christian when she was a teenager. And um, so I was growing up kind of knowing that she'd done that, and I thought, well, that's her thing. That's my sister's thing. I'm not interested in that. Um, 
church to me and Christianity was boring, dull, dusty, et cetera, et cetera. And um, well, I went to university and I, in, during my first year at university, I met Jesus um, through a CU outreach um, week, whatever, um, missions week, I think it was called. And um, at the end of that week, which is an amazing experience, obviously, for me, um, I rang my sister um, and probably about two weeks prior to that, I kind of thought I was going to quit university. I was struggling, lonely and lots of, lots of stuff going on. So she was expecting a phone call of, I'm giving up, I'm going home. And the phone call went along the lines of, hey, guess what I did this morning? And she was like, what? I was, like, I was on a prayer walk. And uh, she was like, silence at the end of the phone. And uh, I said, yeah, give my life to Jesus and this is amazing. And, da, da, da. and that, at that point is when she told me she prayed for me for 10 years to become a Christian. I had no idea, absolutely no idea. Um, so she didn't give up. She kept on asking what probably looked impossible, if I'm honest, because... Yeah, I was not interested until that point. Um, and it was interesting, even this week, I was with a friend of mine. We both work in the homeless sector in Manchester, and we're, you know, we're both passionate about seeing an end to homelessness and justice, as I mentioned earlier. And he, just off the cuff, he just said to me, as we prayed together, he said, I've been praying this prayer for nine years. In a kind, he was kind of a little bit flat. And it still hasn't changed. And he has a really powerful testimony. He has a really powerful word over his life about um, changing the, uh, the um, landscape of homelessness in our city. And I've journeyed with him on this for a long time. And it still hasn't happened, but we keep on praying. And it really struck me because I knew I was talking about this on Sunday, on the Sunday to come. And uh, he hasn't seen the full answer, but we're keeping going. Um, and he, you know, we just don't give up. We don't give up. And that is, I think, the challenge from Jesus. Um, not like, uh, I was looking for these video clips. This is, is going to get insight into the way my brain works. So I was looking for in, in Pester Power video clips. I ended up watching a lot of Michael McIntyre on YouTube. I don't know why. But it just, just one of his things is about his kids, like not being able to do up the zip on their coat and uh, not being able to get out the door. And so, you know, you try, oh, I've tried, I can't do it. Let's not be prayers with kid zips on our coats that helps you I don't know help me anyway keep going don't give up and we can ask for anything now that's a challenging phrase isn't it anything so I was processing this and I I realized for me personally we can ask for things anything because we love our heavenly father we're going to ask for things that he wants us to ask for the more we grow in this intimacy, the more we can ask for anything because the anything doesn't look like something that's going to break our relationship with him. You know, I was thinking about, you know, I can pretty much ask for most things from my wife because the things I'm asking for are going to be positive for our relationship. If I ask for something that is not going to be positive for our relationship, it is a definite no, and I definitely know it's a no. But on the whole... I can ask for anything because my anything is in line with that and it protects our relationship. And I think that's what Jesus is going for here. He's saying you can ask for anything because your good dad's going to give you good things, but you're going to ask for things that are going to protect your relationship. So I'm not going to ask for a McLaren. Um, me and Richard are probably the only two people who are, are on this wavelength um, because it's probably going to get in the way of my relationship with God because it'll probably become an idol in my life. And I know that. And I know he won't want that for me it's not good for me so I'm not going to ask for that but I have asked him for a car 
and he has miraculously provided my, me with multiple cars and I can tell you loads of stories about that another time. Um, so we can ask for anything in his name and as long as it honours his relationship, he's going to answer that. And I think that's when Jesus is saying about us being in him and he in us. That's where that comes from. Okay, just aware of time. So we're seeking as well. We're to ask and seeking. Keep on looking and you will find. It's a promise from Jesus. The challenge is, are you looking for Jesus in everything and everywhere? Not boy looking. Does anybody else do boy looking apart from me? I can't find it. I just can't find it. It's not here. Neil, it's right in front. Oh, yeah, it's here. Yeah? Has anybody done that? Not just me. So where is Jesus in your workplace, in your studies, when in your family relationships, in a crisis, in a joyful moment, in this room right now? Where is Jesus? Are you seeking him? It's a question um, that we ask all the time. And in our household, you know, um, particularly when my kids were younger, if they were scared or they had a bad dream, we would ask them, well, where did you see? Where's Jesus? Where is he? Can you see him? Do you know him? Do you sense him in the room, in the memory, in the dream? And usually they would find him and it would bring them peace. And Jesus said, if we're looking for him, we will find him. The dictionary definition of seeking is to look for, to go after, to search for. So are you doing that every day? That's the challenge, isn't it, from Jesus? Are you doing this in everyday things, every place, everywhere. You know, I'm even looking for praise reports from Ukraine, and I've heard some, or Eritrea, or even on the streets of our city. Yes, I'm not ignoring all the bad stuff, but I'm looking for him. What are you doing, Jesus, in those horrible situations? And when we find him, we will know what he's doing, what to ask for, and how to bring heaven to earth not earth to heaven. That's the seeking that he's asking us to do. What is heaven saying and can we bring that to earth? And I think, and I, well, I know personally that his presence reduces anxiety, brings light, wisdom, understanding, empowers us to do what he's asking us to do. We can find him in our past, it might bring us healing. Or maybe in our trauma, it will bring us healing. When we seek, we will find. And that's a promise from Jesus. So I'd encourage you, keep seeking. And then knocking. This is an interesting picture, isn't it, that Jesus is using here. Are we knocking? And I think that's a picture of hospitality. If we knock on his door, he will open it. That's the promise. We are let into his presence or his house, if you like. It speaks of fellowship, connection, intimacy. Um, When we let people into our home, they're allowed in after they've knocked. Um, Otherwise, they're a burglar, right? So we let people in. And the greater level of intimacy is probably the level of, of, you know, access. So people who know us well probably just knock on the door and then open the door and come in. But people who maybe don't know us well or don't know us at all will knock on the door and wait. But Jesus is saying, knock on the door, and he opens it. He's welcoming us in. In a Revelation 3.20, it's the other way around. Jesus standing on, our, on our, the door of our heart and knocking, and it's up to us to let him in. But here in Matthew, we get to knock on his door through what Jesus is saying here, through prayer, where we keep on knocking, 
Um, and it's not banging the door down until um, we get an answer or we knock it down, like with a battering ram, like the police or something. But it's a respectful knock. The Amphi Bible puts it like this, keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. I don't know what a reverent knock is. I don't know, is it like, is that reverent? I don't know. Certainly not, is it? So uh, I think there's a level of intimacy that Jesus is encouraging us to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the presence of my heavenly father. I will knock reverently because I want that fellowship with him. And what does that knocking look like? It's quite a hard thing to think about. But in Psalm 100, we're told that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So knocking equals praise, worship, thanksgiving. Key spiritual tools that enable us to gain this intimacy and access to our Father's presence. So just even this afternoon, we've started out our time together, as Penny so beautifully led, led us into that place of knocking. We were knocking on the door. Are our lives marked by this knocking? So, you know, again, a little insight into our crazy world of the Cornthwaite household. So during lockdown, as a family, we would actively choose to be thankful at the dinner table every day. We would ask, what are you thankful to, for today? <laughs> Not always an easy conversation, especially when we were homeschooling and you have two other teenagers in the house. Um, but I believe that every time we did that, we were knocking on God's door and ushering in his presence. And it did help. It was sometimes like pulling teeth, but we did it and it did help. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in his house, sitting at his table, saying, thank you, Jesus, for this, that, and the other. And then why do we do all this? Well, we do all this because he's a good father who gives good gifts. It's who we're choosing. Jesus is being a bit outrageous in his example um, but as imperfect parents and people, we would not give our kids a snake um, instead of food or a rock instead of bread. Our perfect father is always going to give us good gifts. It's who he is. In the Amplified Bible, it talks about our perfect heavenly father giving us good and advantageous gifts to those who keep on asking. You know, it's what I would do for my kids. You know, if they need a new bike because they outgrow their old one. That's going to be advantageous. Maybe they need a computer so they can do their homework. It's going to be advantageous. I realize they do other things on their computer. It's not just homework, but you know. New shoes when they wear their, their old ones. These are good gifts that are advantageous. Daddy God does the same. And what's the most advantageous gift he could, we could ever receive? The Holy Spirit. And that's what I think Jesus is going after here. In the parallel verses... Um, to this in Luke 11, um, 9, verse 13. It says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I love the way the message puts these verses. Daddy, God is good. We can be direct with him. Let our yes be yes and our no be no, as explored the other week. We don't need to manipulate God and he doesn't manipulate us. The message is this, don't bargain with God, be direct. Ask for what you need. It isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? 
as bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be, be even better? Isn't that good? But he's not playing tricks. We don't have to manipulate. It's just straightforward. He loves us. He wants to give us good, advantageous gifts. And is the best one is the Holy Spirit. And then finally, the golden rule is often called. If we do all of these things, we're asking and we're our Heavenly Father, we're seeking him and we're knocking on his door, then our hearts and minds will be different and our lives will look different. Jesus' command to us is to treat others as we would want to be treated. It's a natural overflow of a life embedded with asking, seeking, knocking for our perfect Heavenly Father. It's a blessed life of the children of God in this new kingdom Jesus is bringing. It's not a bunch of rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. No. It's a lifestyle of love that fulfills the law from the inside out, not the other way around. The whole Old Testament, Jesus says, is summed up in this one verse, this one sentence. But of course, we all know how hard it is to live out this one verse, to treat others as we would want to be treated. So what should we do? Jesus knows this. So that's why he's telling us to continually be asking, seeking, and knocking. It's a lifestyle and not a religious exercise. And then you'll be able to treat others as you want to be treated. It's a continual process because there'll always be a situation, a person, a relationship, a crisis that we don't know what to do. I think I find myself in one of those categories every day. There's something I don't know what to do. Um, and we know we find it hard or we just mess up. And that beautiful word from Susie, you know, we are in a lineage of grace. It's his grace that carries us through this. That's why we can seek him and knock and be close to him because it's grace. So, how about this? Why don't you join me in this little experiment? Every day, let's be asking Jesus for everything and anything that you need. And he'll give it to you. You know, I'm thinking about, I remember when I used to sit at my desk and I was working in the car industry and I'm just looking at a database all day and thinking, where is Jesus in this? And then I get stuck and I'd be like, oh, maybe I should ask Jesus how to fix this. And he would give me an answer. Oh, yeah. So maybe you can do that. So we can ask him. We can seek him in every situation. Where are you, Jesus? Where are you here? Where are you in this relationship? Where are you in this room? And are we knocking him? Knocking, not knocking him. Knocking on his door. We're not knocking him. Um, With praise and thanksgiving uh, in everything we're doing every day. I think our lives will look very different. I think our hearts will look very different by the end of the week. Um, So how about this? We... Do it for a week, report back next week, and then maybe do it for the next 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. See what we think. Is that good? Yeah, amazing. Should we stand together? Let's pray. So I just want to, I just felt like we, we should be commissioned as a people who ask, seek, and knock and everything and everywhere. Uh, whether that's you find that easy, hard, or somewhere in the middle, 
Jesus is going to answer that prayer. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can seek you, we can ask for stuff from you, and we can come to you and knock on your door and be close to you and have that fellowship with you. And I pray for us that I commission us as a people who do that as an overflow of our lives and as a result, um, our lives and the, and the sphere of influence around us will not be the same ever again because your kingdom is coming. Heaven is coming to earth in us and through us. So, Lord, I ask that you would commission us, equip us with your Holy Spirit, the most advantageous gift we could ever receive from you. And I pray for each one of us this week to be able to walk that out in your name, Jesus. Amen.